Welcome to Building a Life of Prayer with Pastor David Beatty of River Oaks Community Church, taking you through the prayers of the Bible so that you can grow in your confidence and enjoyment of prayer. Thank you for joining me again today as we talk about building lives of prayer. We're looking at Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 6, where we find what is often referred to as the Lord's Prayer, Jesus giving us a model, I believe, for how to pray. Verse 12 of that prayer says, And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. I think here Jesus is calling us to daily examine our hearts and confess our sins to the Lord, and at the same time, to search our hearts to see whether there is someone else that we need to forgive. The promise in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 goes along with this uh, part of the Lord's Prayer beautifully. 1 John 1 9 says that if we confess our sins, He, that is God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God calls us likewise to be faithful in forgiving those who have wronged us or sinned against us. Now, this can be hard. This can be terribly challenging if someone has sinned against you or your spouse or a child in some particularly horrible way. But God calls those who've received his great forgiveness, who are in Christ, to forgive others. Jesus told a parable to this effect in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18. In verse 21 of that chapter, the apostle Peter came up and said to Christ, How often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Jesus then tells a parable about... um, a king who was owed an unfathomable amount by one of his servants, 10,000 talents. Now, that's a, a ridiculous amount that no servant could ever really owe to a master. But Jesus is making a point with this parable. There's this immense sum he owes, the, owes to the king, and the king forgives him entirely. But this servant goes out And he is owed a hundred denarii, which is not insignificant, but a tiny fraction of what he owed the king. He's owed that amount by a fellow servant. He seizes him, begins to choke him, and says, pay what you owe. The king hears about it, and of course he calls for that ungrateful servant to be punished. Jesus' point is simply that we have been forgiven an immense debt and having our sins removed by the work of Christ on the cross. Therefore, we who have been forgiven must forgive others. Now, someone may raise the question when they read a parable like this one in Matthew 18, does it mean that if we don't forgive someone else, we lose our salvation? I do not believe so. One reason I don't believe so is that we, frankly, don't always know when we have sincerely and completely forgiven someone else. We need God's help with that. But furthermore, I think we need to distinguish between what might be called saving forgiveness 
and restorative forgiveness. Saving forgiveness is what we receive from God on the basis of Jesus' work on the cross. We receive this saving forgiveness by faith. We are accepted, adopted by God, securely in his hand, only because of what Jesus has done for us. As Paul writes, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Restorative forgiveness has to do with our fellowship with God. If we do not forgive others, our fellowship with God will suffer. And as we will see tomorrow, our prayer life will suffer too. That's why Jesus calls us to not only confess our sins, but to forgive those who have sinned against us.